chapter three thirteen of gargantua and pantagruel book three by francois rabelais this librivox recording is in the public domain how pantagruel adviseth panurge to try the future good or bad luck of his marriage by dreams now seeing we cannot agree together in the manner of expounding or interpreting the sense of the virgilian lots let us bend our course another way and try a new sort of divination of what kind asked panurge of a good ancient and authentic fashion answered pantagruel it is by dreams for in dreaming such circumstances and conditions being thereto adhibited as are clearly enough described by hippocrates in liber peritum enupnion by plato plotin emblicus synesius aristotle xenophon galen plutarch artemidorus daldianus herophilus q caliber theocritus pliny athenaeus and others the soul doth oftentimes foresee what is to come how true this is you may conceive by a very vulgar and familiar example as when you see that at such a time as suckling babes well nourished fed and fostered with good milk sleep soundly and profoundly the nurses in the interim get leave to sport themselves and are licentiated to recreate their fancies at what range to them shall seem most fitting and expedient their presence sedulity and attendance on the cradle being during all that space held unnecessary even just so when our body is at rest that the concoction is everywhere accomplished and that till it awake it lacks for nothing our soul delighteth to disport itself and is well pleased in that frolic to take a review of its native country which is the heavens where it receiveth a most notable participation of its first beginning with an imbuement from its divine source and in contemplation of that infinite and intellectual sphere where the centre is everywhere and the circumference in no place of the universal world to wit god according to the doctrine of hermes trismegistus to whom no new thing happeneth whom nothing that is past escapeth and unto whom all things are alike present remarketh not only what is preterite and gone in the inferior course and agitation of sublunary matters but withal taketh notice what is to come then bringing a relation of those future events unto the body of the outward senses and exterior organs it is divulged abroad unto the hearing of others whereupon the owner of that soul deserveth to be termed a vaticinator or prophet nevertheless the truth is that the soul is seldom able to report those things in such sincerity as it hath seen them by reason of the imperfection and frailty of the corporeal senses which obstruct the effectuating of that office even as the moon doth not communicate unto this earth of ours that light which she receiveth from the sun with so much splendour heat vigour purity and liveliness as it was given her hence it is requisite for the better reading explaining and unfolding 
of these somniatory vaticinations and predictions of that nature that a dexterous learned skilful wise industrious expert rational and peremptory expounder or interpreter be pitched upon such a one as by the greeks is called oniroquit or oniropolis for this cause heraclitus was wont to say that nothing is by dreams revealed to us that nothing is by dreams concealed from us and that only we thereby have a mystical signification and secret evidence of things to come either for our own prosperous or unlucky fortune or for the favourable or disastrous success of another the sacred scriptures testify no less and profane histories assure us of it in both which are exposed to our view a thousand several kinds of strange adventures which have befallen pat according to the nature of the dream and that is well to the party dreamer as to the others the atlantic people and those that inhabit the island of basos one of the cyclades are of this grand commodity deprived for in their countries none yet ever dreamed of this sort were cleon of dahlia thrasymedes in our days the learned frenchman villa novenus neither of all which knew what dreaming was fail not therefore to-morrow when the jolly and fair aurora with her rosy fingers draweth aside the curtains of the night to drive away the sable shades of darkness to bend your spirits wholly to the task of sleeping sound and there to apply yourself in the meanwhile you must denude your mind of every human passion or affection such as are love and hatred fear and hope for as of old the great vaticinator most famous and renowned prophet proteus was not able in his disguise or transformation into fire water a tiger a dragon and the such like uncouth shapes and visors to presage anything that was to come till he was restored to his own first natural and kindly form just so doth man for at his reception of the art of divination and faculty of prognosticating future things that part in him which is the most divine to wit the noose or men's must be calm peaceable untroubled quiet still hushed and not embusied or distracted with foreign soul-disturbing perturbations i'm content quoth panurge but i pray you sir must i this evening ere i go to bed eat much or little i do not ask this without cause for if i sup not well large round and amply my sleeping is not worth a forked turnip all the night long i then but doze and rave and in my slumbering fits talk idle nonsense my thoughts being in a dull brown study and as deep in their dumps as is my belly hollow not to sup answered pantagruel were best for you considering the state of your complexion and healthy constitution of your body a certain very ancient prophet named amphiarus wished such as had a mind by dreams to be imbued with any oracle for four-and-twenty hours to taste no victuals to abstain from wine three days together yet shall not you be put to such a sharp hard rigorous and extreme sparing diet i am truly right apt to believe that a man whose stomach is replete with various cheer and in a manner surfeited with drinking is hardly able to conceive a right of spiritual things yet am not i of the opinion of those who after long and pertinacious fastings think by such means to enter more profoundly into the speculation of celestial mysteries you may very well remember how my father gargantua whom here for honour's sake i name 
hath often told us that the writings of abstinent abstemious and long-fasting hermits were every whit as saltless dry jejune and insipid as were their bodies when they did compose them it is a most difficult thing for the spirits to be in a good plight serene and lively when there is nothing in the body but a kind of voidness and inanity seeing the philosophers with the physicians jointly affirm that the spirits which are styled animals spring from and have their constant practice in and through the arterial blood refined and purified to the life within the admirable net which wonderfully framed lieth under the ventricles and tunnels of the brain he gave us also the example of the philosopher who when he thought most seriously to have withdrawn himself unto a solitary privacy far from the rustling clutterments of the tumultuous and confused world the better to improve his theory to contrived comment ratiocinate was notwithstanding his uttermost endeavours to free himself from all untoward noises surrounded and environed about so with the barking of curs bawling of mastiffs bleating of sheep prating of parrots tattling of jackdaws grunting of swine gurning of boars yelping of foxes mewing of cats cheeping of mice squeaking of weasels croaking of frogs crowing of cocks cackling of hens calling of partridges chanting of swans chattering of jays peeping of chickens singing of larks creaking of geese chirping of swallows clucking of moor fowls cucking of cuckoos fumbling of bees ramage of hawks churming of linnets croaking of ravens screeching of owls wicking of pigs gushing of hogs curring of pigeons grumbling of cujat doves howling of panthers kirkling of quails chirping of sparrows crackling of crows nuzzing of camels weaning of whelps buzzing of dromedaries mumbling of rabbits cricking of ferrets humming of wasps miauling of tigers buzzing of bears sussing of kidlings clamouring of scarfs whimpering of fulmarts booing of buffaloes warbling of nightingales quavering of mavises trentling of turkeys coniating storks frantling of peacocks clattering of magpies murmuring of stock doves crowding of cormorants giggling of locusts charming of beagles squaring of puppies snarling messens rattling of raps quirating of apes snuttering of monkeys violing of pelicans quacking of ducks yelling of wolves roaring of lions neighing of horses crying of elephants hissing of serpents and wailing of turtles that he was much more troubled than if he had been in the middle of the crowd at the fair of fontenay or niort just so is it with those who are tormented with the grievous pangs of hunger the stomach begins to gnaw and bark as it were the eyes to look dim and the veins by greedily sucking some reflection to themselves from the proper substance of all the members of a fleshy consistence violently pull down and draw back that vagrant roaming spirit careless and neglecting of his nurse and natural host which is the body as when a hawk upon the fist willing to take her flight by a soaring aloft in the open spacious air is on a sudden drawn back by a leash tied to her feet to this purpose also did he allege unto us the authority of homer the father of all philosophy who said that the grecians did not put an end to their mournful mood for the death of patroclus the most intimate friend of achilles till hunger in a rage declared herself and their bellies protested to furnish no more tears unto their grief for from bodies 
emptied and macerated by long fasting there could not be such supply of moisture and brackish drops as might be proper on that occasion mediocrity at all times is commendable nor in this case are you to abandon it you may take a little supper but thereat must you not eat of a hare nor of any other flesh you are likewise to abstain from beans from the preek by some called the polyp as also from colworts cabbage and all other such like windy fiddles which may endanger the troubling of your brains and the dimming or casting of a kind of mist over your animal spirits for as a looking-glass cannot exhibit the semblance or representation of the object set before it and exposed to have its image to the life expressed if that the polished sleekness thereof be darkened by gross breathings dampish vapours and foggish thick infectious exhalations even so the fancy cannot well receive the impression of the likeness of those things which divination doth afford by dreams if any way the body be annoyed or troubled with the fumish steam of meat which it had taken in a while before because betwixt these two there still hath been a mutual sympathy and fellow-feeling of an indissolubly knit affection you shall eat good isubian and pergamut pears one apple of the short shank pippin kind a parcel of the little plums of tour and some few cherries of the growth of my orchard nor shall you need to fear that thereupon will ensue doubtful dreams fallacious uncertain and not to be trusted to as by some peripatetic philosophers hath been related for that say they men do more copiously in the season of harvest feed on fruitages than at any other time the same is mystically taught us by the ancient prophets and poets who allege that all vain and deceitful dreams lie hid and in covert under the leaves which are spread on the ground by reason that the leaves fall from the trees in the autumnal quarter for the natural fervour which abounding in ripe fresh recent fruits cometh by the quickness of its ebullish to be with ease evaporated into the animal parts of the dreaming person the experiment is obvious in most is a pretty while before it be expired dissolved and evanished as for your drink you are to have it of the fair pure water of my fountain the condition quoth panage is very hard nevertheless cost what price it will or whatsoever come of it i heartily condescend thereto protesting that i shall to-morrow break my fast betimes after my somniatory exercitations furthermore i recommend myself to homer's two gates to morpheus to isolan to phantasis and unto phobator if they in this my great need succour me and grant me that assistance which is fitting i will in honour of them all erect a jolly genteel altar composed of the softest down if i were now in laconia in the temple of juno betwixt etile and thalamus she suddenly would disentangle my perplexity resolve me of my doubts and cheer me up with fair and jovial dreams in a deep sleep then did he say thus unto pantagruel sir were it not expedient for my purpose to put a branch or two of curious laurel betwixt the quilt and bolster of my bed under the pillow on which my head must lean there is no need at all of that quoth pantagruel for besides that it is a thing very superstitious the cheat thereof hath been at large discovered unto us in the writings of serapion ascalonates antiphon philochorus 
artaman and fulgentius planciades i could say as much to you of the left shoulder of a crocodile as also of a chameleon without prejudice be it spoken to the credit which is due to the opinion of old democritus and likewise of the stone of the bactrians called eumetrides and of the ammonian horn for so by the ethiopians is termed a certain precious stone coloured like gold and in the fashion shape form and proportion of a ram's horn as the horn of jupiter amon is reported to have been they over and above assuredly affirming that the dreams of those who carry it about them are no less veritable and infallible than the truth of the divine oracles nor is this much unlike to what homer and virgil wrote of these two gates of sleep to which you have been pleased to recommend the management of what you have in hand the one is of ivory which letteth in confused doubtful and uncertain dreams for through ivory how small and slender soever it be we can see nothing the density opacity and close compactedness of its material parts hindering the penetration visual rays and the reception of the speciouses of such things as are visible the other is of horn at which an entry is made to sure and certain dreams even as through horn by reason of the diaphanous splendour and bright transparency thereof the species of all objects of the sight distinctly pass and so without confusion appear that they are clearly seen your meaning is and you would thereby infer quoth friar john that the dreams of all horned cuckolds of which number panurge by the help of god and his future wife is without controversy to be one are always true and infallible End of chapter three thirteen